I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to another Happy Pod, the only podcast that you are currently listening to. My name is Nathan. As always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host. His name is Lawrence Thomas Heisey. He is going to tell us what this silly little show is all about because no one cares about him or his life. <laughs> Didn't even get a chance this week. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Nathan, this is the show where each week we get together to discuss something in the realm of pop culture. It could be a movie, it could be a telly show, it could be a video game. But the main thing is that we do so without any of the toxic discourse that is oh so prevalent these days. How the devil are you, good sir? Lawrence, I'd like to thank you, first of all, okay. for um, for taking time out of your anniversary <laughs> to spend with me and record this. Your wife is very angry. She's very. She's in the corner. She's very pissed off at both yeah. of us because we just need to podcast. Okay, we need. We took time out. We watched a movie, and now we're here to discuss that. Um. So thank you, and, right. and happy anniversary to us. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's the day that I was your best man, and you were my groom, and we had a <laughs> lovely time a year ago today. You do. So, I'm just for clarity's sake. You do know it was yesterday in the in I, real Lawrence! life. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Don't break the magic. Okay, okay? I, I just wanted you to be aware. Of course, I knew. Okay, I was doing a funny little bit. I Lawrence. liked it. I liked it. It was a good bit. I was just clarifying that my wife has been stood in the corner for a week waiting for us. So, oh no, I was adding to the bit. If anything, well, no, you ruined the bit. Oh, if I apologize. Uh, I've taken time away. I've watched a movie. Uh, we're going to talk about the movie, but before we do that, you've Mr. already seen this movie. You hate this movie. You haven't shut <laughs> up about it for seven weeks, Lawrence. Don't show my hand. <laughs> Although sorry. saying that, I am extremely nervous. I feel like this could either be our biggest argument or our biggest come together moment of the year. So I'm nervous to hear what you think about it. Good song, "Come Together." The Beatles. I mean, stop it! Stop teasing me, Nathan. Come together. Right now. right now, over me and speaking of come, um, <laughs> I, 
I don't even. I you, have what you there. love, Nathan, is when a, when a listener suggests an episode. Uh, that is what I love. Thank you. I absolutely do love that. And this is. I mean, it was already on the schedule anyway. So it's Shush. like. Shush. But but I mean, if a listener has suggested it, we will of course give them credit. And this one actually comes from our good friend P.S. Moore. Uh, from London, um, who suggested that we do Saltburn, uh, and in the section where they are able to provide uh, a brief summary of why it should be covered, P.S. says, it's fucking batshit. <laughs> um, and that's, that's all they said, so thank you very much, P.S. Um, so yeah, there we go. It's certainly summing. Do I want to ask you? Do you want to ask me what? How you feel about it? I feel like I'm going to have to at some point. I mean, you'll have to at some point. <laughs> no, not yeah. unless I just I just talk over you the entire episode. <laughs> I mean, you could. You do do it most podcasts we do. Um, <laughs> um, but thank you, Pierce. Yes, here we are. We're discussing Saltburn. Now, Lawrence, so you've hated this movie. I hadn't seen it until earlier today, all right? No. But you saw it like when it first came out or whatever and when all the hype was around it. Yeah. And then you got cross and angry I- at everyone. Because you're a big film bro. No. <laughs> it sat because with me for a you little bit. understand cinema. Fuck's sake, Nathan. It sat with me for a little while and I was like unsure on where I sat with it. But the more I've thought about it and like seen about it and just it's because it's been it's been really prevalent. Like it's it's not left the space. You can't go on TikTok without hearing murder on the dance floor, right? Like it's 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 everywhere. It's a popular song. It is a pop- no, but, but it became more popular again. <laughs> Uh, but what, who's, well, who's yeah. the artist? Sophie Ellis Baxter. Baxter. Yeah, she changed the she changed the title of the music video to "As Featured on Saltburn" on YouTube. I'm I'm fair enough for it. Oh, get the bag. I'm absolutely yeah. fine with that. Yeah. Yeah, get that bread. Mm. But um, no, I, I'm not a massive fan of this. I can go into reasons as to why. Because I'm look, I'm happy that people have like flocked in masses to see something a bit different. That's cool. And it mm. and like anytime that happens, it does encourage a studio to put more marketing money into something different, you know, pushes the boat out a little bit. But I just like it's 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 just not that good for me. Like, I think this is all the times you tell me I like pretentious stuff that I don't actually think is pretentious. This movie to me is the definition of pretentious. Like it it says on the surface, it appears to be about so many things, but it's so surface level and I, I don't know. I feel like it. Like it's a film that wants to shock people. It wants to like be iconic and like have all these big moments in it. And you know the moments I'm talking about if you've seen it. Like, and it goes for like a younger target audience that are gonna like make this a big thing and make it a big event, which they did. And I think it also seemingly along the line makes some comments about like like it, it, it has some commentary on classism and certain aspects of it that is just a bit like ah don't know but it's an eat the rich movie where there's sympathy to be had for the rich which doesn't sit well i don't know if there is i oh no i think it i think it very clearly pokes fun at the rich for a lot of this movie it it, there's definitely yeah it's satire but like at the end of it there's a certain question about like whether two actions of two factions were equal oliver and the family were like who was in the right who was in the wrong and i think it'd be more interesting if it was ambiguous to like or if we saw the family do more terrible things because oliver's bad deeds far outweigh the family's bad deeds of what we're shown on the screen do you, do you see what i'm getting at uh yeah all right go, give me your thoughts i don't want to because i really don't genuinely i hate just ragging on shit so i do have positives about the movie as well 
I don't mind it. Yeah. I think it's I think it's pretty okay. Like, it's not my favorite movie ever. No, yeah. But like I I I, I was watching this and I like I knew you hated it. But <laughs> okay. I was like, I think it's fine. I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong or, or bad about it. Mm. Um it's in four by three. <laughs> okay, yeah. We, we're doing no, this this early, are we? For no reason. I see um, that's one of my positives about it. God, see, we, we don't agree on anything. God, do we? you're such a prick. All right. <laughs> Why is that a positive? Because it's it we and this is in the big four by three rant we had, so I won't go over it too mm. much. But like it does it, it, it uses it for the purpose that four by three is still used for, right? Like it's it does close up some faces very well. It captures Saltburn very well in terms of it being a big building. It it has a really nice thing kind of it. it it, one it helps with the on-screen pairing but also it there's nice kind of themes and messages being mixed in with height differences and who's got the power in certain dynamics because like barry kyogen is like five foot five and jacob alordi is like six seven or something ridiculous so like it's funny when they're on screen together and there's just room for an entire person between them is it barry kyogen yeah, uh, yeah, he's the he's the main one. He plays Oliver in this one. No, I know, but is it pronounced Keoghan? I thought it was Keegan. No, it, it, I I used to think that, but I've seen him in a few interviews where he says Keoghan himself. So oh, okay, yeah. Enough. But I Fair think the, the actual Irish pronunciation is probably something <laughs> way different. But he doesn't use that in interviews and stuff. Fair enough. Well, he knows his own name. So. I mean, I, you got to trust him to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um. All right. Fair enough. Uh, no, I don't like the four three. I don't think it's necessary. It's just <laughs> that's fair enough. That's that's just one of those things that whenever I watch a movie and it's in four by three, I'm just like, okay, well, yeah, that is a bit pretentious, <laughs> isn't it? Um, it's just so unnecessary. And you say like it's good for close ups and like fucking close ups on faces, and like there's no reason why you can't do that in sixteen by nine or or two three or whatever the fuck. Like it's you 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 can you can do it. I do see your point because yeah, it's been done. It's not like any movie with a close-up yeah. in it that isn't in this format is awful. But like, it definitely is a choice. And um, Lena Sangren, who shot the movie, he's shot like a load of other things that mostly are in uh, two, three, nine. I think that's it. Like, it's he's done. He did La La Land. He did Don't Look Up. That I didn't see that mm. movie, but you did, right? You liked it. I did. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. Um, and I just like he's he's a very good cinematographer. I think like. You know, aspect ratio aside, we'll disagree on that. But like the imagery in the movie is quite nice to look at. It looks good. Yeah, it's a it's a good looking movie. It looks great. I don't think there's there's any part of it where I'm like this looks like shit because it doesn't. It's very well shot. It does look great throughout the entire movie. I mm. think. I think it uses lighting very well. I mean, lighting's oh, it a big really part does, of this. Yeah. Um, it, it's the atmosphere is always set perfectly. I think this always it always manages to strike the the look and the tone of it always seem to do a great job of um, of matching up. Um, So yeah, it's it's shot very well. It's just, I know. If you're going to do it in four, three, fucking do it in vertical. Where do you draw the line, man? It pisses me off. (laughs) They've they've drawn, Nathan, they've very clearly by definition drawn two lines where they want them. But why? I don't get why. Like, we, we 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 agreed movies are shot this way because this is what movies are. No, your mind agreed this. No one else has thought this. I mean, I, most people, considering the fact that you go to the cinema and this is how the screens are formatted in terms of size, okay? It's the most popular, I will say, obviously. Yes, because it's the most cinematic. The clue is right, the you, I knew you were going to say this, so I wanted to ask you, what does that mean? What is cinematic? 
it feels cinema. It feels like I'm watching a movie. But it feels <laughs> big and epic and good. Okay, it feels okay. it's it's the, puts me in the right frame of mind. Okay, but that's your frame of mind. That's how you digest movies. Yeah, that's and most people. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Look, but is it about am I wrong? Because you go to the cinema and the screens are that size. If you go watch like a movie and it's in sixteen by nine at the cinema. It's not filling up the whole screen, is it? Yeah, it's not. I take your point. I, I, and exactly. I see what you mean. There are some times where, like, I, I've i tried a few times to get into um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and the, the, the aspect ratio is, like, it, I don't know, it feels claustrophobic almost. But that's... What's that showing? Uh, four by three for, like, the first season or so. Um, yeah. Because it was, like, proper early. Um, like, and it's, like, on a camcorder. It looks like arse for the first season. Mm. Um, but, like, yeah, but then it wasn't... Like it wasn't shot with four by three in mind. That was just the time period that the move mm. that the, the, the TV show was shot in. Um, and obviously, <laughs> like four guys and a and a camcorder are not like award winning cinematographers. So yeah, if it's like if it's a TV show and it's of the era, then mm. yeah, that that make that's how it should look. It should look four three. Oh yeah, because they're like, framed with that in intention. Yeah, you know? exactly. Like the Simpsons, like the seasons one to ten of the Simpsons should always be four three. If you're in if they're in sixteen by nine. You're doing something wrong, okay? But, but then this is obviously shot in four by three to the yeah. But it was reason. made in 2023, Lawrence. <laughs> I'm in the era where we've decided that movies don't no, look like this. this. Look, we'll move on from this because we'll be doing it all day. But the last thing I'll say is you decided. But cinematographers shoot in any aspect ratio they want. The creator wasn't in two three nine. That was a skinnier boy. You didn't moan about well, that they... one. Yeah, because it's at least fucking more cinema. Like, what if he's skinnier? Fine, whatever. I don't care. But not fucking four right, by three. But then right? I ask you the same question. Oh, I could get to the point where it's just a straight line. Where do you draw the line, Nathan? How could it be one? How could it go well, in one no, direction but not the other? That's just pedantic, isn't it? I think you're being pedantic about four by three. I am, and I will. I will be pedantic about this movie as well. I have a lot of questions about when this is set because. Makes no sense to me. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there are some certain things that don't add up. Yeah. There's a lot. The whole thing doesn't add up. <laughs> it's a fucking mystery box of when exactly it is. All right, before we get into any of that, so obviously you you said it yourself, you know that there's been this massive like buzz around the movie. Yeah. Where did you hear about it? Where? Yeah, because normally when I bring up a movie that isn't like a, a massive thing or like a thing that people are talking about, like you normally have either heard of it and not been interested in it or go what the fuck is that i think it was actually my sister who told me about it first of all yeah my um my younger sister because she she's like 18 and like you know she's very gen z and loves like these kind of yeah up-and-coming movies and stuff i think she's a big fan of jacob elordi as well who is it i i'd never heard of him really like, suddenly the whole fucking world's talking about this cunt and i'm like who's this guy and then i watch this movie and i'm like oh yeah that makes sense oh yeah yeah i see why he's been in, he's, he's been in, he's most known for he i think his breakout role was in euphoria actually it was the kissing booth on netflix and i'm watching the kissing booth every day obviously. i've seen him i've seen all three of them okay great well i haven't seen any of them <laughs> he, did, he, so. was, he was he was one of the main leads in euphoria that's where he's like most never known watched from. euphoria fair enough you, you'd be never like heard of it or seen it i'd heard of euphoria yeah and but everything i heard about euphoria made me not want to watch it because it was like <laughs> oh look at all these fucking 16 year olds in 10th grade and they're yeah like doing meth and all shagging <laughs> each other and everything and I'm like, it's, okay, it's like well. if skins was on lsd it's ridiculous yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's u.s skins but 
Not the US skins, which was horrible. Oh, God. Did they make it US skins? Well, they tried to. Um, <laughs> as, as they did with everything. <laughs> yeah. Very quickly got cancelled. Fair enough. Um, all right. So your sister told you about it. Yeah. So my sister told me about it. Um, and then I was like, okay. But I never planned to watch it. Yeah. And then, you know, everyone was talking about it. And then it just kind of got annoying because everyone was just like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well, I don't care. I'm, now imagine, I, imagine being on the outside of that and being bitter about it. Like <laughs> I, I watched it, didn't like it. And everyone's like, it's the best movie in the world. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's not the best movie in the world, but it's not the worst movie in the world like you think it is either. I don't think it's the worst movie in the world. I just think it's a big, like, for people to be losing their minds about it to this degree, I'm like, oh, man, I saw, like, so many better movies than this last year. All right, yeah, but you're a weird <laughs> cunt who watches a movie every single day, all right? You have to understand, Never missed, Morris. not once. <laughs> you will, trust me, and I'll be waiting. <laughs> no, right? you're, wait you're practically <laughs> counting down the days. I'm checking your letterbox every single night. I've already noticed you stopped tweeting them. But I deleted the thread. It got annoying to post them too many places, yeah. It got annoying to everyone, trust me. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, you you have to understand that the average person does not watch a movie a day, Lawrence. To the average person, frankly, that's fucking insane, all right? <laughs> okay? So, yes, you may know and may understand that there are so many better movies, okay? Yeah. But then, like, I see, like, fucking people... I think this is just me complaining about film Twitter again, but like, oh no, saw, like, strap someone, in everyone. Like, like fucking people were, it could not compute these absolute fuckheads that people only watch a certain amount of movies in a year. Yeah. Like, like someone maybe posted like, oh, maybe like the, I don't know, the 13, 14 best movies or just the 13, 14 movies they saw yes a year. Mm. And then all the film tour was like 13 movies. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> that is as if it's the most batshit insane thing. I'm like, yeah, but you're a f you, you're obsessed with this shit, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> you live and breathe this shit. Normal people don't, okay? Like no. if you're really into, like if you're really into books, you read you you're not reading fucking 100 books a year. No, yeah, no I'm not, yeah. Exactly. It's just people have different interests and that's okay. No, but I never okay? said this. I know you didn't. I'm Leave me alone. <laughs> but it's it's you and all your. You're friends. doing that thing again where you saw something on Twitter and then you just went. Lawrence said this and believes this. <laughs> he has no idea that I've seen it's this that. or that this tweet exists, but he must be in on this. Is that um, what's that mean that from the Eric Andre show where he shoots the guy? And <laughs> this is Lawrence your fault. <laughs> how could Lawrence have done this? <laughs> That's it's, me when I see a film Twitter tweet. It's true. <laughs> it's a little true i guess it's because you're you're my representation of film twitter you're the only like actual representation of it i have but i've said right? this so many times film twitter would laugh at me like i'm not watching well, old movies from the 40s and stuff i find a lot of them unwatchable like they practically are no i'm not i'm not because i haven't how long until you watch 12 angry men i'll be honest it's been on my mind <laughs> There you go. I have to hold my hands up to that one. <laughs> He's got me. I've been found. Get him, boys. Get him. Uh, all right. So, yeah. Um, so, all right. So, you've seen it. The hype is massive, but you're saying it's like this doesn't really bother you one way or the other. I think it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's a good way. It's a good way to spend a couple of hours. I think it's never I not was... entertaining. Yeah. At no point was I like. I would rather have spent my time doing something else. Yeah. Okay. 
I was I was glad I watched it. Um, certain moments I was quite glad. Um, <laughs> but overall, I I think it's a Jacob Elordi's wanking. <laughs> it's a it's a net positive of a movie. I think. Okay. Doesn't do any harm. Uh, I think it says some stuff, but again, I don't think it does. I don't. I don't necessarily think it does. And you know me, I'm a big class warfare kind of guy. Like I hate the rich. I think it's careful, and it's like it's not like Oliver very easily could be like a really poor guy, and it would be infinitely more offensive. What's going on with Barry Keegan? He somehow looks sixteen and forty-eight at the same time. Yeah, he's got like he's he's like a bit wrinkly, isn't he? Like yeah, yeah. He's like, look at this little boy. Like, that's a fully grown man. But it also might be a little boy. Yeah, okay. I think I think that's part and parcel with him just being a small guy as well. He's a short king. Yeah, maybe he is yeah. a short. He is a short guy, yeah. which is great. There's nothing wrong with that. And then you somehow believe that like Jacob Elordi is like 17 and in, at uni or something as well, and you're like, man, this this this, this man is as tall as a tree. He's very tall. He is like. Like, I get it. He's a very beautiful man. He is like, incredibly handsome, yeah. He is incredibly handsome. He's Australian, though, I believe. He is, yeah. Yeah. And he's very... He's a good accent. His accent, his accent work in pretty much everything he does is great. He did... um, He is was it? Elvis in Priscilla. Um, I haven't seen it. Uh, it's, it's a good movie, and he's... It's very funny that, like, Austin Butler is... You know Austin Butler's Elvis press tour. Because mm. I physically will never stop saying Elvis. I'm Elvis. I can't, I can't have my voice not do Elvis. Um, and Jacob Elordi is just like, yeah, I showed up. I didn't really work on the accent. And I just did it. And like Sophia <laughs> Coppola was like, yeah, it's good. Cool. <laughs> I've never met a man that's more like, eh, it's my job. I like it, but it's fine. All right. This, this might be a stupid question. All right. <laughs> okay. And maybe I'm, oh, maybe I am getting them mixed up. But is Sophia Coppola the woman <laughs> with the legs from Kingsman? It's not the same woman, but what is her name? Isn't it? I thought it was Sophia. I thought that was Sophia Coppola. Uh, I'm finding out the cast. Sophia B- uh, Batella. Oh, Sophia Batella. Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So Sophia. Sense. Sophia. <laughs> Harp, I would say that you are fifty percent correct. Batella and Coppola aren't that different. There's a lot at the end. There is a lot. <laughs> but they are very different women. So. I mean, yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> I don't know them personally. So, um, but yeah. No, right, look, all right, I want to do positives, because I don't want to front load this with just me screaming at stuff. Um, all right, great. We've we already spoke about um, Barry Keoghan and Jacob Elordi a little bit, but I think my my two favourite things about this is how it looks and how it's acted. Like, pretty much every mm-hmm. performance in this is note perfect for what they're trying to do. Anytime you put Richard E. Grant in something, I'm loving it. <laughs> it's all always right. good. What a delight to watch that man is. Yeah. He's so good in anything. Like he could be doing the most stupid batshit sane thing like you've ever you've ever cast him in. And he will put hundred and ten percent of his dick into it. All yeah. right. <laughs> he's that fucking good, mate. He just fully commits and he has such a good time. I lo- he's a great man. I love him so much. He is. There's there's a moment in this, one of my favorite moments in this whole thing is um Richard E. Grunt. He like the it's after Farley's been like kicked out in the middle of the night because he's mm. been framed for stealing something or whatever. Um, yeah. And and Barry Keoghan goes, oh, what are we going to do when they bring it up? And Jacob Lordy goes, they won't. And then immediately Richard E. Grant comes out, <laughs> doors bang open. What a glorious day! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's perfect as this like just neglecting the sour parts of life elitist snob. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's very it good. It's very good. Yeah. Um, Barry Keoghan's always great for a little weirdo freak, isn't he? Barry Keoghan's another one who seemed to just like come out of nowhere. Like, 
Oh, do you reckon he's been around for a bit? Yeah, I, f- I feel like I didn't know of him until like Eternals, and then suddenly I feel like mm. after that he's been like everywhere, just almost immediately. It definitely pushed him into a more popular circle, obviously, because mm. it's a Marvel movie and it had eyes mm. on it. Um, you would hate that, obviously. <laughs> no, I like Eternals. You know this. No, but you know, <laughs> shut up. <laughs> we can't. in a name. conversation which is mostly cut. <laughs> it's entirely cut. Oh, entirely. We cut. don't even okay. get into Marvel. <laughs> Okay, great. <laughs> if you're missing context. Last week, me and Nathan screamed at each other for what we were then humbly realised was like 30 minutes longer than we thought it was. And it all yeah. got removed from the edit because we went, it's a bad look on both of us, really, isn't it? <laughs> um, all right, no, but no, Barry Kogan, he did like... Um, do you, Have you ever seen Killing of a Sacred Deer or heard of it? Come on. No, but it, it, was, it was a big movie back in the day. Was it? Yeah, yeah, well. yeah. Had a massive eerie trailer it practically started the a24 creepy trailer thing where they play like a pop song but a bit slower and creepier they've been doing that for years so this was the one that like a lot of people paid attention to when did it come out i want to say 2014 maybe barry keoghan's in dunkirk as well he's the little boy that falls on his head and blinds himself oh yes he is Mm. yes of course he's also the joker (laughs) i know he's the joker lawrence that's what I'm saying, man. You want a freak, you get Barry Keoghan. He's good at it. But he's, he's also the Joker no one cares about. Yeah, well, he's, he's the Joker that I don't think was quite given a fair run just yet. <laughs> but he's the Joker that shouldn't be given a fair run. Yeah, he's, he's yet, the though, Joker well. that does not need to be in the movie. He's the Joker that everyone thinks shouldn't exist. <laughs> which is quite an achievement when you live in a world with Jared Leto as the Joker as well. That's very true. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, who else have we got in this? We've got Jacob Lordy is brilliant. Like we said, his accent, flawless. Great, like... We're two British guys, right? Mm. And that's a just the way. Cheers, Ollie! Like it's such yeah. a little silly voice that he's putting on. Yeah. Um. Do you know the guy that plays Farley? Uh, not personally. He went yeah. to my school. He was in the year below me at school. Is he not American? No. Oh, he's okay. also in Gran Turismo. He's the guy that goes. I know this track. I've raced it a thousand times. As we know, I am Gran Turismo's biggest fan. I'm watching all the time. <laughs> I've never so seen I it. Obviously... It became a big meme. The the the. I've watched. I've raced this track a thousand times or something. Maybe in your circle, right? <laughs> Not in mine. So my Twitter's mostly Doctor Who and, unfortunately, at the moment, genocide. But you know, oh, that's, Jesus that's, that's that's just that's, that's just where you want your Twitter, we, right? The sweet yeah. spot, Doctor Who and genocide. <laughs> That's just the times we live in, unfortunately. It isn't pleasant, but that's what it is. It's not. Kerry Mulligan shows up. She's fun for very briefly. Oh, is she that woman who's like, I'm here and now I'm dead or whatever? Yeah, she's like, I'm here, I'm dead. And then Rosamund Pike's like, don't worry about that. She'd do anything for attention. That was quite funny. <laughs> Rosamund Pike's great in this. She's very, very good in this, yeah. Always a good bit of fun. Probably yeah. probably my favourite performance like in the movie. I Because it's understated, but it, she's yeah. every line she has, it's just... It just makes you go, oh my god! Like these people she's do very suck. Fun. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. She's very fun. Um, I like her. I, I, Alice Oliver, I think her name is. I wrote it down somewhere. Let me find it. I don't want to say the wrong name. Is that Venetia? Venetia, yeah. The most fucking Tory name you could ever fucking hear. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh my god. Ra, where's my backy energy? Right. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, Alison Oliver is her name. She's um, <clears throat> Alison Oliver. She. Who's she? What's she been in? I've no idea. I've never seen her okay. in anything before. Debut? Um, maybe. Mostly TV stuff as well. So I'd say this is probably her most popular thing that she's done. Um, no, she's she's good. It's 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 a good performance. She's very like that that kind of monologue she has while she sat in the bath and like staring straight into Barry Keoghan's face and like wiping water all over him. She's very good. Very very good performer. Very good. 
Yeah, very good. Um, very good. But I, yeah, I, I quite I quite like them quite a lot. I saw a tweet earlier that said basically the moral of this movie is that bisexuals are toxic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was quite funny. <laughs> I, I laugh because I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what's safe. Nothing you say. Is safe, Nathan's perhaps. staring me down the camera. He's threatening me with a gun. Ooh. He's he's prompting me to say something horrendous. Um, let's do a let's do a timeline thing first of all. Okay, please. I want to get into this. I want to be pedantic for a little bit. Mm-hmm. All right. Um. All right. So. Right at the beginning, we see this cunt. He's at fucking Oxford or Cambridge or one of them. Yeah, I don't know which one. They're both the same. Yeah, um, and he and he and it seems to imply that he's just got there and they're all just starting mm-hmm. at the same time. Okay. Yeah, and it says like, "Welcome to class of two thousand and six. So to me, that says, "Oh, this is two thousand and three, then, because we were class of twenty eighteen and we start and um, we started in twenty fifteen. Okay. You make a you make a good point, yeah. Yeah, so that's what that says to me. I'm like, all right, this is 2003. It goes over into the next year, so and it's in the summer, so it should be the summer of 2004. Yeah, is when the the majority of this movie is set. But that does not seem to be the case at all because this movie seems to think it's 2007 for some reason <laughs> because like somehow. And and maybe maybe they finished uni and graduated, all right? Mm. Maybe all that stuff at uni took place over three years. Did not get that vibe at all. Yeah, it's very quick because they, they need very to quick. get to Saltburn, yeah. Yeah, but m- maybe it took place over three years. I don't think it did, but I'll, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt on that. Yeah. But then it should still be summer 2006 and not summer 2007. Harry Potter and Deathly Hallows came out 2007. <laughs> yeah. All right? All right? Was well, Superbad super in it as well? Yeah. Superbad, September 2007. All right? So even if it was summer of 2007, it still wasn't out. Let enough out for them to be watching it on their fucking TV. All right? My man's, my man's Edna um, Modin all over it. December 15th, <laughs> the 15th. Uh, Flow Rider, fucking surely got low... Apple bottom jeans. Yeah. Two thousand October. Yeah. Two thousand seven. Side right? side point. I saw this recently. Did you ever consider mm. that it was not the boots that had the fur, and it was boots paired with a fur piece on top? No. Yeah. I I see. I always thought it was boots with the fur, as in like Ugg boots. N- yeah. See, right. My wife said this, and I've always mm. considered it to be like boots with like a fur shawl on. That's how I've you're always fucking, thought about it. No, you're a fucking. Idiot. But that's what it is. No. I'm right. No, it's not about Ugg boots. Th- no, I think you're wrong. <laughs> I think you're because Uncle Boots are like very big at the time, so that that makes sense. I have to find this out. <laughs> boots with. I remember boots. when that song came out. Literally, the only thing the girls wore were those Ugg boots. I do remember. And also, why? What? That makes no sense. Just from a fucking like, why would you say boots with the fur? The fur being there. Why are your boots being paired with the jacket? She. So she was wearing. Hmm. It, Apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. Yeah, but also the Reeboks with the straps. <laughs> what different shoe each foot? Apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. With the fur. The whole club are looking at her. Hey, where did the Reeboks with the straps come in? Baggy sweatpants and the Reeboks with the straps. But then Apple bottom jeans could be different women. Baggies, yeah, it could be different women. Mm. And Apple bottom jeans, boots with a fur. Is is baggy sweatpants and rebus with the straps? Is that him? Uh, maybe, could be. 
No, because no, more... she turns around and gives that big booty a slap. No way, but surely had them up on her <laughs> jeans. <laughs> Boots with the fur. With the, fur. the whole club was looking at her. Ah, She hit the flow. Confirmation from T-Pain, who is a feature on the song. There we the go. F- and and um, Listen, this is a direct quote from T-Pain, right? Uh, no one come for me. The first girl is dressed how Flo Rida likes. Second girl is dressed how I like. So Flo Rida, okay. we can infer from this, likes the boots Apple with the fur. Yeah. And boots with the fur. And then yeah. he says, Flo likes a classy lady. I like a lazy bitch. <laughs> okay. So she's in baggy sweatpants and the Reeboks of the Reeboks strands. The strand. All right. Well, there we are. All right. Well, at least we've solved, solved this. <laughs> that was important. To solve that. <laughs> right. Anyway, more timeline stuff. Go on. But anyway, yeah. So then it's... So the movie, like... It's, I can go with it being summer 2006. Again, I don't think it should be. It's still wrong either, if it's 2006. Yeah, either they don't know what class of 2006 means <laughs> or they somehow got the fucking timeline wrong. I mean, probably both, to be honest. Yeah. But, like, yeah. Um, And then if it's summer 2007, that's just not right at all. But then also, like, and then at the end, I'm like... Is it 2020 now? Because we're at a cafe and everyone's wearing masks? Is it like well, COVID? He, he is it is older, happening? so it, it is supposed to be... I knew it was supposed to be, but I'm like, but like 14 years older? Yeah, like... they've given Barry Keoghan a comb over and that's about it. Rosamund Pike still looks 30. Not aged a day. <laughs> like, fucking <laughs> not, not a day of age on her and, face and also, whatsoever. I like, look, we've already said this, I like Richard E. Mm. Grant. What's going on with that age gap? Is it that big of an age? Well, yeah. I mean, maybe Rosamund Pike's just very elegant. For her R- age. Rosamund Pike, like, no disrespect to her, but she's, you know, she's not a, a young Gen Z lady, is she? Okay. <laughs> you're, you're trying so hard not to call her old. <laughs> she's 45 years old. Okay. But I'm... Not young, not old. But also rich people, you know? Ah, They've all got child brides or whatever. <laughs> right? It might be her money. We don't know where old... No, Saltburn's old money. No. They've... Yeah. yeah. But that doesn't mean it can't no, be her old money. And there's the joke about all the Henrys as well, implying that's that true. Mike is related to Henry VIII somehow. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, the movie. <laughs> oh, the movie. Um, yeah, so I don't know. The The movie doesn't know when it's set. Or if it does, it just does a bad job of, of bearing out. This, this is so stupid, though. Like, it's so easy to get this stuff right, and this is why it annoys me so much. Yeah. It's like one simple Google search and you can figure out when the fuck Harry Potter came out, yeah. man. It's really not that difficult, you know? It's one of like the most well-documented <laughs> film series of all time. I know, <laughs> mate. Oh, yeah. God. No, I, I do know what you're saying. Um, I wish that was where my nitpicks ended. Like, <laughs> genuinely do. Um, okay. All right, look. To set this up, yes. have you seen Promising Young Woman? Emerald Fennell's no. first movie. No. I have. I watched it this week to make sure I wasn't... I was. I watched Saltburn, obviously, like a, about two months ago or so, I watched it for the first time. Yeah. And then I was like, I didn't like that. And then I was like, right, it's finally time to watch Promising Young Woman, because I've, I've, been, I've been meaning to get to it for ages. And I was like, and I really didn't like Saltburn. I really hope Promising Young Woman is a better body of work. Mm. Uh, and I watched is it. Is it? Mm, it's... <sighs> I... And again, right, I'm I'm going to be cautious because I'm a man and it's it's not really my place to critique promising young woman. What is it? It's you know you know the film what it's about. No. We've spoken about it before, I'm sure we have. Have we? Yeah, it's um Kerry well, Mulligan goes around um basically fight like pretending to be drunk and when obviously 
inevitably men take advantage of her, take her back. She scares the shit out of them, basically. Like, I wasn't drunk the whole time. I've caught you. You're a predator. This kind of stuff. And then the idea is that it escalates a bit further than telling off blokes. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've ever heard of this, but okay. You've, uh, we've defi- you've definitely heard of the movie, because we've spoken about it before. Okay. Um, towards the end, like, the, the actions taken by the main character in this, like, I hate this phrase, but, like, quote-unquote, a girl-bossy way. It's, it's It mm. very much is, like, this look at nothing will stop Kerry Mulligan's character from getting what she wants. Mm. But then, like, in that trail and being as cool and kind of as one-liner as that character is, the film has that character do things to women that are, like, inexcusable. Like, these... And some of these women are, like, enablers of men, and so they're, they are villainous characters, but there's, like gaslighting into thinking that other women were raped and it's like it's it's not it all in all it left me like it's well-intentioned and its heart's in the right place but it, it i think accidentally said some stuff that made me go that's more gross than anything like it doesn't feel progressive it feels like that was a step backwards mm. um and it was quite disappointing and i but I, I wanted to watch it to give emerald fennell like her the her credit do you know what i mean like i wanted to i was really hoping to have my mind changed um but and I think Saltburn is kind of guilty of the same things. I think it's well intentioned. It is obviously jumping on the Eat the Rich bandwagon, which is a bandwagon I don't tire of. It's very nice to see like the menu glass onion where rich people are just painted for the idiots that they often are. And I like a lot of that stuff. But I just think that like it sets its sights on the wrong target, revealing Oliver as this like supervillain with a flashback that like was I supposed to believe it wasn't Oliver all along? It was very it was me reveal but like i knew (laughs) and like i don't know this visceral hatred that oliver has for like being from the middle class it feels very and i can go into this more but like it feels very fear-mongery of like look out for that lower class coming to take what we have but you you just said it yourself there though you you described him as middle class yeah because he's not low he's not working class no no not at all he's he, he you know a big twist of the movie is like for the first for for most of it, he makes it out like he's from like a very very poor background, and mm. like he's like he's got a lot. His family has lots of issues with drugs and all this sort of, sort of stuff, which is just complete bullshit. Does not turns out not to be the case at all. He's got a very uh, seemingly nice, loving family who are very you know doing all right for themselves. They've got quite a lot. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust proof stainless steel hardware, weather ready teak and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Large house and in a very nice estate and all this kind of stuff, there in no way is Oliver a fucking a working class, no. you know, fucking down on his luck, poor boy at all. Yeah, he's not as fucking rich as fucking fucking these cunts. I grant you, yeah. but he's not even he's not even right. he's doing all right. But then there's rich, and then there's saltburn rich. There's like new money, 
this is old money. The manor house and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, carry on. Sorry, I interrupted you. Yeah, so I I don't think it's a oh look the poor are coming for us kind of thing. I think mm. it's a I think the movie's like even like like fucking like not not even like fucking I don't know. No, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think like because because if Oliver was poor, if Oliver was actually poor, then I could see what you're saying, but he's not. And that's so. and, but that's why I think it's like. There's an element of it that, like, it, it, it's such a fucking strange movie. Because if it, if Oliver was poor, as he said he was, like mm-hmm. a like a the child of like uh, an addictive set of pa- like an addict p- set of parents who mm-hmm. like abuse him and each other, and then he ends up like spending time at Saltburn and then growing to hate how kind of what what's the word how kind of like fickle they are with mm-hmm. their connections and friends, and he ended up taking that power for himself. And essentially dismantling a family that abused their mm. power. I could get behind that. But it's more like this guy who has stuff he wants. Like, he's not wanting for anything. He's an incredibly smart guy at Oxford with a family who are, like, absurdly nice to the point of silliness when mm. when they go to that house. It's, it's very like, we haven't heard from you in six months, but we're so proud of you, son, darling boy. Like... It, I don't know, it just, I understand the film isn't intentionally trying to make a fuck the poor point, and I'm not saying Emerald Fennell is doing this consciously at all, um, but I think, like, I don't know, I, it's making a comment on this, like, old money will always have their cohorts, and, like, they will always be able to keep you at arm's length, and you're always, if you're in Saltburn, you're at the mercy of someone that's allowed you to be at Saltburn, and I understand mm. that Oliver is trying to, kind of, he sees this and pivots his plan to take hold of their assets so that he'll be the one that has the say. He'll be the one that creates the rules at Saltburn. But at the end of it, we've seen so little stuff. The fam- the, the film jibes at the family the whole time, right? Like, mm. ignoring the ugly parts in life like we spoke about with Richard E. Grant and, like, how fickle Rosamund Pike is with um, Carrie Mulligan's character. Like, she doesn't even give a shit that her friend has died. Like, the film jabs at them all the time, but there does come a point where it starts to feel a bit excessive. Like, after like the family start getting killed off like felix dies then venetia dies then it's just two grieving parents and oliver is still like yeah no one's willing to work harder than me i want what i've got and it's like it comes to a point where and this is what i said about the starting to feel sympathy like oliver becomes a villain and for for a villain to be a villain there has to be victims and that by proxy makes me feel sympathy for the rich family in an eat the rich story do you see what I'm getting at? I do, yeah, but I think the the fact that it is Oliver doing those things, and like you say, you know, he's not wanting for anything, but yeah, he still somehow thinks he's owed all this kind of stuff. I I think that's kind of the point. Mm. Like, he's he's not some poor little kid. He's not some poor, you know, downtrodden kid from a difficult background who has had to struggle. You know, at one point, like the the people he goes to to uni with mention he's a you know, a fucking scholarship boy. Is that even the case? Might not well, he's be. He's got that money in his pocket, so... Yeah, yeah, so doesn't necessarily seem like that is actually the case. Mm. Um, so it's... it's. I think it's, it's privilege. It's a point of privilege. It's someone who comes from privilege thinking, oh, they've got more privilege than me. I deserve that, actually. I deserve that privilege. Okay, yeah, and that's an interesting perspective, to be fair. But that's That's kind of where I'm seeing it. I'm not seeing it as, like, Oliver, like, the movie having this kind of, like message of 
fuck the rich, but also watch out for the poor because they're pesky. You know, yeah, I, d- yeah. I don't necessarily think it's that point of view. I think it's it's uh, privilege um, and how that is a fucking uh, well, uh, two different calibers of rich, both thinking they're owed more, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think that's where kind of the movie comes out from i mean that's just my interpretation that's my perspective no, no, I, it, I, can, but... I can totally see your point like i said mm. this is kind of why i was interested to hear what you had to say because i know you you are like me and you love an eat the rich you love a satire you love something that pokes jabs at, at kind of entitled pricks um mm-hmm. so i was interested to get your thoughts on it like do, do, do you see what i'm kind of saying about how at the ending the ending of it it's it one action is not equal to the others like with the whole movie we've been told of you're just Felix's newest toy. But like mm. every scene with Felix, apart from maybe a few, he's just a chill guy. Like he's a snob. But he is, he's like yeah. he's a normal guy that doesn't really deserve to be murdered. <laughs> but I think that's kind of the point though. Okay. Like I don't I don't think we're supposed to see um Barry Keoghan as this hard done by person. The movie is telling us all throughout it. Mm. This cunt's weird. All right. Yeah. This is a sadistic person. We see several scenes where he's he's framed as like he he has a thing about sadism and power and all this kind of stuff. And like every sexual encounter we see him with, he's always taking on the dominant role and he's making people like yeah. say they're gonna be good for him and, and gonna follow the rules and all this kind of stuff. He clearly enjoys the power that he can have over people in those situations, okay? Uh, he's not um like at, at no point does well no it it does initially frame him as like the you know the victim and this this sad little poor boy and stuff but as as the movie goes on i think it, it we're told more and we're told that's not necessarily the case all right this mm. this cunt is like he's got some stuff going on in his head all right <laughs> i mean a, he definitely a, does yeah <laughs> he's got a he's got a strange ego and and he's not necessarily the hero of the piece mm. all right well then i'm again maybe it's a because this film does frustrate me in a way that like I, I i totally take your interpretation of it and that's that's fine like i guess i've because i've watched it twice now i've seen it the same way both times mm. and i i don't know like it, it, there's there is an element of it that doesn't sit with me and maybe maybe that's maybe i'm letting public perception of the movie creep into that a little bit like it's very it's very disheartening to see like the oliver's ending dance becoming a tiktok mm. trend and it's like that's not the point <laughs> like this is not a good thing <laughs> yeah you get yeah you, that's not the movie's fault though is it <laughs> no and, and i do get it but i also think the movie does revel in a little bit of like you know like murder on the dance floor dancing naked in the mansion where you've just Oft four members of the fa- or three, I guess, members of the family to to claim it as your own. Like it, mm. it is a little bit like I, I understand what you're saying about like th- you're not supposed to look at it and be like he's a winner, but mm. the movie very much goes he's a winner. He gets to dance and celebrate now. Does he? Is is that saying he's a winner though? I mean, yeah, in the in the sense that he's won and he has this stuff, yeah. but I don't think it's saying yes this is good and we should all aspire to do this though yeah yeah it's saying yes he's the winner mm. but it's also asking is that good it i don't think it's as simple as he's the winner yay everyone clap all right bye you know mm. it's like he's the winner but I don't, that's kind of weird isn't it i don't i don't that's the thing i don't i don't feel that sense of ambiguity coming from it like 
The you dark. don't? Like, there's the whole sequence where, like, he's, you know, it's revealed he's been talking to Roseman Pike. That's all very villainous. Oh, and then and we I get agree, the yeah. flash, and we get the flashbacks of, like, you know, what he did all along and all this kind of shit. And, like, that, that to me, it's it's very, you know, the the kind of twist, which, we, uh, yeah, we all saw coming from a mile off, but the twist, <laughs> like, like, you know, he's not the hero. He's actually the villain sort of thing. And I, I, I completely agree. I, I know the film is painting him as the villain in the end of it. But, like, mm. to show that, like, the the ending, I think, if, if it was going for something more like what you're describing, which is, like, he's won, but is this winning? Is this what you should aspire to do? Maybe, mm. maybe there should be some shot type where you feel, look at this loser all alone in his big mm. house with nothing. Like... Maybe that, like, you could even get that effect by, like, showing us an outsider observer perspective. A lot of the film is about how people are perceived and looking. Like, there's a lot of shots of Barry looking through a window at someone. Um, and also a lot of window stuff in the movie as well. Like, it, there would be something, and again, I'm, I'm not trying to rewrite it or anything, but just have the exact same ending. But maybe the music cuts away and we gain a, a wider angle perspective and just go, like, look at this fucking loser. It, it never feels like Barry... The fi it never feels like the film condemns Barry. It feels like it wants us to condemn him a little bit, but it feels like the film wants to have its cake and still paint him as a, still paint him as this this guy that's come out on top for better or for worse. Do you see what I'm saying? I do, but I don't agree. Okay, I I I just don't agree. I think if we did have some kind of cut like that, I think it would be too on the nose and not necessarily trusting the audience enough. Really, mm. I I I think that like what you're saying can be gathered from the end in itself. Like, yeah, he's dancing naked through the house, but it's a big house, and at no point do we see anyone else there. He is there and there yeah. all alone, all right? We, we don't need to have some cut to an external shot to see that. We do see it. We, we see yeah. it in, in the sequence itself, you know? And, yeah, he's got this big house, and I guess he's got the, the money, but... No, what else has he got? I, he's not got anyone to share it with. No, but he's, he's got some. He's got some rocks. It, I mean, he does have the, the rock. I did like the rock element. I will admit that was a cool touch. Yeah. Um. But the what I'll say, and we, we, let's not. We won't go on too long about the ending because we've obviously come at it from different perspectives, and that's and that's that's more interesting, I think, than anything. Um. But like, there is this kind of. I I see what you're saying about it not trusting the audience, but then I think that's entirely. The film is it's so clear intentioned like it, it wants to be unambiguous like the whole showing you the flashbacks of like it's everyone watching it for the first time knows mm. felix has mysteriously showed up dead venetia's mysteriously showed up dead the last person they spoke to was barry keoghan's character i wonder mm. who could have had a hand in this barry keoghan uses it as a move to get farley out of the house i wonder if he was planning that as well like it's it's and then for a movie that I, like you say from your perspective wants to place distrust in the audience it seems very untrusting that they'll get it when it's like showing quick succession shots of i mixed in the drugs in the alcohol that i gave to felix and i secretly threw up it's very yeah sherlock explains it yeah i do think that is a bit heavy-handed yeah. like i'm i'm not saying the movie does a perfect job all the way throughout with this stuff at all because yeah. it doesn't i just think that like I, to me it would have felt like that like if we did have the ending where it, like we have some cut and like I don't know it's the fucking vampire butler watching through the window or whatever <laughs> yeah. then the, then like that would have felt like another one of those cuts from earlier where he's like oh he's Fair piercing enough. a fucking hole in the bike like yeah we get it you know yeah. like 
I don't necessarily need this like painted by numbers for me. So you're really. you're saying one is on the nose, but the other one kind of fixes it in that regard. Like it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, take I think okay. so. Yeah. Fair enough. No, that's completely fair enough. And I'm saying you're a big dum dum. No. Way. <laughs> yeah. I saw it in a different way. <laughs> um. All right. Do you want to talk about the, the silly little? <laughs> I I laughed at the super villain Here's... reveal. Here's what I want to talk about. All right. Okay. I mean, maybe this says more about me, but like, <laughs> I heard like a lot of people like because there, there was all like what I heard. I haven't heard much about this movie, but what I had heard was like, "Oh, don't watch it with your parents in the room." I'm like, and like I'd heard talk of the bathroom scene. All right. Yeah. And I very quickly figured out what that was when it happened. Mm. All right. And I was like, "This is just a bit of cum, mate." <laughs> Like, I've seen <laughs> there is so much worse thing than a man just drinking a bit of cum. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like it it's really not that intense. And sure, he fucks a grave, alright? But like still It's it's intended to be this clutch your pearls viral weird thing, isn't it? But it's But it's not though. It's like I've it's I've not, seen yeah. so much worse stuff than this. <laughs> and again, maybe that just says more about me. But like No, I don't think so. I, it, it's really not as like <gasps> shocking and gasping as 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 yeah. people have made it out to be. I it's, don't think. It, it's it strikes me as a lot of the time people have seen something like this is you know the all sex scenes are bad fucking weirdos that keep mm. moaning about like the necess the necessity of sex scenes and it's like well some people in real yeah. life have sex. <laughs> like, it's, it's, yeah, believe it or not, it can happen, and people put <laughs> yeah. it on film when it feels like it's important. Right. Yes. Um. And when it's normally, because it, it's normally about some sort of power dynamic in a movie, or it's just a realistic depiction of two people that are attracted to each other. Um. Tell you what, there was one sex scene in this movie where I was like, Jesus, Ooh, which bit hot under the collar here? Which one was that? Um, <laughs> was that Farley and Oliver? No, no, it was the vampire one. Oh, the oh yes, the <laughs> vampire one. I was genuinely a bit like. Ooh, yeah. Okay. The movie's a bit vampiric in nature, anyway. Just this skulking figure creeping about a big manor house. There was genuinely one point where I did think there was going to be a reveal that they were all vampires. Oh, really? Yeah, genuinely, because like it was when because when he was outside with Anisha and she was like, "We're all cold blooded" and all this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. And then I was like thinking, and I'd heard I'd heard something to do with vampires about the movie. Mm. I, now I realize we're talking about one specific scene <laughs> yeah but, <laughs> but then i started to overthink it and i was like oh yeah the butler's weird oh shit maybe they are all vampires and then i was very glad that didn't turn out to be the case it w i mean look it would have been different i could have like would have been different. there's a world where you could get away with it in this movie i think like it, there is it, yeah. it is an absurd I mean, movie that's quite over the top in regards to a lot of things and there was like a weird like I, Oliver was at that like dinner party and he was talking to that woman and and he was like, oh, how long have you been married? And she was like, a long time, but you wouldn't specifically say how long. And it seems yeah. to imply that they've been... And I thought, oh, yeah, vampires have been alive for hundreds of years. <laughs> <laughs> You're there going, oh, pointing to the screen. <laughs> yeah, so at one point I was like, oh, this makes sense. I but... have deduced a clue. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan puts on his like his Sherlock hat. I don't know what they call like a stalker app or something a deer stalker that's it called. yeah yeah um yeah look i don't know like i all in all i just think the movie is like and and maybe this i i disliked it more i think after watching promising young woman i think emerald fennell doesn't do very good endings if you if you watch promising young woman even if you disagree mm -hmm. about everything i've said the ending and i won't spoil it for you is 
genuinely i laughed like out loud in terms of how kind of contrived it all happens to be mm. right and like I'd, like if you wanted i won't spoil it for anyone listening either but like there there are firstly it makes one definitive statement that is and like and i've 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 read up on it because i was like am i just wrong like am i is everyone seeing something that i'm not you are famously a big sod. <laughs> no, no. I think this movie is doing worse things than than, than me saying I don't like it. Okay. But there there are there are a lot of women out there that watched it and were like, I was so disappointed in like what this movie had the potential to do versus what it did and like what it ended up saying. And like there's a takeaway one dif- Maybe maybe we'll do it on the pod and we'll get um uh, a female spectrum. I, maybe I really would love that, genuinely. Maybe we can get Catherine or someone on if we if we do that. Catherine, if you're listening, I would Join I us. would love to. <laughs> and you're more than welcome to tear me a new one if I'm reading this all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like endings endings from Emerald Fennell are like uh, it's. Oh, but we we can't do it anytime soon. The yeah, we the schedule is <laughs> the schedule is literally fill up until next January. We're, we're busy. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe next year. And I'll tell you what, Nathan, it is exciting. Um, it is very exciting. <laughs> a little bit of sizzle for you there. I, I, I was quite interested in, like, the writing perspective. Like, I think, because this is the thing, I think Emerald Fennell is a great director, but I mm. think she'd be much better served as a director with someone else's writing. I just don't think, I think she is really keen to jump into these big themes that I think sometimes gets lost. Like, these these big ideas but that aren't fleshed out and end up having i i think and, and you can disagree in saltburn and that's fine but like at least in promising young woman i think she ends up almost going the opposite way of what she's setting mm. out to accomplish um and i i wanted to <laughs> hey fuck you <laughs> and i wanted to like i wrote down because it's her i but I, I was very interested in her background because the name Emerald Fennell doesn't strike me as council estate. You get all kinds of names on a council estate. I mean, that's also. I mean, you get all kinds of names anywhere. But like mm. Emerald Fennell, like, and I know that she had ties to to. She was not exactly wanting for much as in, mm. in growing up. Um, and I did she write this? She wrote this. She yeah. This is her. This is her second outing. She also wrote and directed Promising Young Woman and this, and she produced both mm. of them as well. Okay. Um, I've never heard of her. She's she's in um I'll tell you where you know her from. You'll know her from Midge in Barbie. Um that's her. Oh, okay. And you'll also know her as Camilla Parker Bowles in The Crown. Oh, young Camilla or young, oh, young Yeah, Camilla, definitely yeah. the first Camilla, yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, I, I for for context on why I don't think Emerald Fennell is the best person to write an Eat the Rich story, I just want to read you a very brief early life and education summary of her Wikipedia page. I literally have it up on my screen right now. But please go ahead. <laughs> Fennell was born in Hammersmith in London to jewellery designer Theo Fennell and author Louise Fennell. Her sister Coco Fennell is a fashion designer. Fennell's 18th birthday, documented by British high society magazine Tatler, was attended by socialite Poppy Delavine, Lady Alexandra Gordon Lennox, daughter of Charles Gordon Lennox, 11th Duke of Richmond, <laughs> and, and Alice Ruggie Price, a granddaughter of the seventh Ruggie Price baronet. Just, okay. just what I will say is I understand Eat the Rich is becoming a trend. I don't need to hear about it from cunts that went to Oxford. <laughs> I, I think your perspective is slightly more biased and less interesting than someone else's. 
I'm just reading up on her. Her dad has his own Wikipedia page as well. Yeah. Alistair Theodore Fennell is a British jewellery and silverware designer. He is often called the King of Bling for his flamboyant <laughs> designs and celebrity clientele. Well, there you so, are. He's from Egypt. Do you see what I mean about maybe writing material that doesn't make you look like a hypocrite? <laughs> I I do, yes. <laughs> and I understand I, everyone has a perspective and interesting things to say. I, I see the point you're making, okay? Yeah. I do. But I also don't necessarily subscribe to the idea that, that a, a person's upbringing has to dictate their entire exper experience and viewpoints on stuff. Agreed, okay? yeah. Because I, I do... While I am very much a either rich kind of person i do think there can be people who grow up in that sort of lifestyle can you know grow up with certain perspectives and grow to resent it and that kind of stuff don't get me wrong it's few and far between okay yeah most just succumb um, to the money <laughs> yeah most just fucking carry on and and whatever mm. but I, I i don't necessarily believe that you know and 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 this is mainly because like myself like i lived in a, a council estate i i've you know grown up in, in quite uh, run down poor areas and stuff and for for a while you know i've had i've had the people at school and i went to quite a, a you know a, quite a, a run down sort of school and you know people and the teachers and stuff weren't all that like great about my perspectives for the future <laughs> they yeah. they often put me in a box and because of that i kind of grew to resent anyone who like says oh well you're gonna be this and you're gonna be that yeah you're whatever. you're only defined by what our perspective of you is kind of thing exactly yeah. exactly i don't think anyone should be necessarily put in a in a box and say because because your upbringing is this and because your life is this that means you can only ever be this mm. you know yeah which which i don't think is ever the case i i do agree with you and i can totally see where you're coming from and like i think it's just like from from my perspective of it like how i took in the film which we've spoken about i won't go into it mm. again and again but like how I took in the film and then finding out her upbringing, like it does. And and I'm not, this is not a comment on Emerald Fennell. Like I've seen interviews with her by all accounts. She seems like an absolutely lovely person. And like, mm. and I'm all for different movies getting their day in the sun. And like, if this does anything, I really hope it's pushed people to see stuff that they didn't expect they'd be watching. Um, yeah. Cause I just, that, that's also just good for variety's sake. Like it's more interesting when other people get to say different things um but like i don't know having having seeing what i perceive to be the class politics on play in the movie and then finding out <laughs> like her 18th birthday was in a magazine for rich people like it's it's apparently she apparently she wrote killing eve uh yeah i think she was a co-writer and a producer on one of the seasons of killing eve which i've seen all of and it's a good show mm, i think the, yeah. the last season kind of shits the bed a little bit but they they wrapped it up quick i think because sandro was getting quite expensive there's a movie coming out called Ballerina. Who? Emerald Fennell? Yeah. Oh, what, she's in it or she wrote and directed it? Wrote. Ah, uh, okay. Wrote. Directed by Len Wiseman. I don't know. I'll, I'll end on saying the jury is still out on her as a director for me. Like, I think this movie has some very beautiful visuals. I think she works really well with actors and cinematographers. Like, mm. in this movie, she, it's very clear that she, like, harbored a good set that people felt comfortable in to do some good work. I also like that she's casting relative unknowns. Um, mm. She's obviously got Jacob Elordi, Rosamund Pike, Richard E. Grant, and Barry Keoghan. But then, like, the, yeah, uh, they're not that unknown. No, but then, really. like, like Archie Madequi, very <laughs> new, um, and and um, Alice Oliver, I think was her name. We said earlier, 
uh, playing Venetia. She's also, like we said, this biggest thing up to date. So, like, yeah, I don't know. I think she's a, she's, she's a good director that works well with people, cast and crew. I just think that as a writer, I've been unimpressed thus, thus far. But I hope to see yeah. more cool stuff because it would be cool to really <laughs> it's not good to feel bitter about these things i hate being on the outside of this stuff when i dislike something that most people like <laughs> i'm like let sounds me in like i want it. to have fun and understand things too sounds like you love it no um all right yeah. shall we do some recommendations sure Lawrence. uh nathan it is that time that we recommend some lovely stuff what we do uh, is we tell each other some stuff that we've done it could be something we've watched read listened to or experienced just anything that we've done in the past week that we would love to share with each other and uh with our lovely listeners nathan what are you recommending Lawrence, you always go first you know. i know but it feels unnatural to just go into it after i've just introduced it <laughs> well then i'll just throw it back to you every time i mean let's go with that that's fine that feels better okay, <laughs> okay. great uh so after a movie of me absolutely slating class politics uh, I would like to recommend a hotel mm. massage. <laughs> oh God! Okay. <laughs> no, at the uh, the country club <laughs> on the weekend. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Where I have my robes and my breath mints. Um, <laughs> Great. No, I it was my anniversary recently, and I I went for a a, a stay in a hotel, uh, and in that stay there was a package included with a little spa. Now I've never had a massage ever in my life, um, and. And as a man who spends most of his day hunched over a laptop, uh, my shoulders were in dire need of some tender touch. And it was lovely. Mm. It was very relaxing. There was nice little nice spa music going on. Um, was it a couple's massage? It was, yeah. Were you like holding hands across no, the table? No, we were, we were far like... apart. And there's a form you fill out in like, you know, like what kind of pressure are you comfortable with? Just a lot of ticking consent stuff. Was you like unrobed in front of them did you like have to disrobe and no. get your bare ass onto the table no. Or something? <laughs> no it wasn't a full body situation no i was i was, okay. I was shirtless with my swimming trunks on no back sack and crack situation no, no it was it was lovely we ticked in the consent form it said like would you like a chatty massage or a quiet i was like fucking silent <laughs> do not say a <laughs> yeah. single word you me. talk i'll scream <laughs> <laughs> I am naked and afraid right now. <laughs> yeah, Please don't look. Do don't even look at me. Close me. your eyes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was a lovely experience, and I felt very. I, I mean, I had a good night's sleep, and all the damage has been done again. Like yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I just have a bad, terrible back, apparently. Um, but it was very nice, and it was a great little. It was a great half day while it lasted. But great. but but very fun, and I'd recommend if anyone else is feeling. You may, not, you may not even know how pent up and stressed your body may be. What was the price tag of this? Uh, I, I don't think you can fully recommend this without dropping the price tag of your full weekend stay. Uh, so I didn't actually pay for it. This was a gift to my wife from my mother. Um, from your mother? From, from Mary? From, from Big Mary, yeah. Mary's got that salt. I don't like it when people make fun of the middle class, Nathan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you fucking related to, <laughs> to Baron Keegan. <laughs> No, look, I don't know the exact price tag, but it, 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 hmm. I know that it's probably it probably wasn't too cheap. But probably, not. I mean, just also that's, that's nothing to stop you if you've got someone that you trust and you're comfortable around. Get some oils on Amazon. Have a go at it. It's not bad. I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> Nathan's scared of being greasy. Uh, yeah. yeah, that was the other thing. I, it was a little. They were like, "Are you comfortable with like 
like oil in your hair and stuff. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to jump in the shower as soon as I go back to the room. But then it was like all in my chest hair. Why would you... So if you jump in the shower, that to me just seems like you're just undoing all that work they just did on you just immediately because no, i'm not i'm not i don't get in the shower and then sit there and scrunch up my neck do i like i, I just shower like a normal you can't i can't just lay down for the rest of my life and keep the effects nathan no i would <laughs> maybe that's this why you should never am, get though. one yeah this is who i am yeah, just, just just wheel me around in one of those hospital beds <laughs> nathan's on the gurney again um <laughs> yeah all right what are you recommending lawrence Nothing as pretentious as you. <laughs> I am recommending uh, Ted, the TV show. Oh, yes, you were getting into this, weren't you? Because, yeah, it's, it's a bloody good time. It, it recently came out here in the UK. It's been out in the US for a, about a month or so now, or two months or something. But, yeah, it recently came out in the UK, um, so I've been watching it. And you know what? I've been having a bloody good time with mm. it. It's, it's very funny. I think Seth MacFarlane often gets a bit of a... Bit of a bad rap because they're like, oh, Family Guy, fourteen-year-old boy humor or whatever. Yeah. And like, some of it is that, but some of it is genuinely fucking hilarious. Yeah. And I and I think Ted is a a great show with really good performances um, and just some very very funny writing. Um, it's just a good show all around, I reckon. I think also like Family Guy was consistent. Like when Family Guy came yeah. out, it was like pushing the needle further than comedy had gone in a while. Like, mm, in terms yeah. of what it was designed to do. But now it's obviously... People are so used to Family Guy, they've done that revisionist thing where they go, hang on, did this always suck? It's like, no, it's just yeah. 20 years later. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you're exactly. just different now. <laughs> you're older now. Yeah, that's all, all, that's what it all it is. Yeah. Um, um, no, but Terry is, is really good and some really great performances. There's a, the young guy who plays, like, young Mark... Because it's a prequel from the movie. Young Marky Mark. Yeah, young Marky Mark. He's really good. Does, really does he good. believe that he like, could have stopped 9-11 if he was there? Probably not, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if he was alive when it happened, so <laughs> so probably not. Um, that wouldn't have stopped the real Mark Wahlberg. <laughs> it's true, no. <laughs> um, but no, he's, he's good. He does a really good performance. He's got like this really... Just the Boston accents are very funny. I love a Boston accent. It's something about it, which is quite fun. We spoke about this yeah, as well. He's, he's got... He's perfectly got Mark Wahlberg's very specific Boston accent as well. Yeah, he really, he really nails it. Really nails the cadence of it. Yeah, which is yeah, very, fun. It's very good. All right, yeah. how many episodes? <laughs> is this scene. This is scene. It's ten episodes. I've okay. I've watched uh, seven so far. I think. I think I've still got a couple to go. Um, but I was watching one yesterday. It was, I was fucking crying laughing. The basic idea was. Um, Ted and and um, fucking Mark, they wanted to to, to get uh, their mum a job at the school, mm. okay, so she could be a teacher. <laughs> what they did is they went to the principal to talk about it. And Ted, it's so funny, it's so stupid, but it's so funny. And Ted makes the offer that like, uh, if if they do this, if they hire her as a teacher, he will ask a question at the assembly. <laughs> and then, but then like mark goes no ted don't don't he's like shut up I'm gonna do it. it's for susan <laughs> and then just the whole idea like it's it's the worst thing he could ever possibly do i'll really be debasing myself for this yeah <laughs> oh but it is just done so well just the the fucking writing and comedy of it it's, so does ted go good. to school he does yeah that's like in the first episode he has to 
he doesn't initially, but then they're like, right, you got to go to school now yeah. and stuff. <laughs> you're you're um, a weird entity. We don't know how to class you. Right? <laughs> you're a weird magic bear. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I also just love how to just everyone just accepts the bear. <laughs> it's it's just not a thing that everyone is like. Yeah. What is this? You know, it's it's just it's just part of the world, and everyone's like. Oh, there's that magic bear that we all know about. Does it so. does it have any narration like Patrick Stewart narration in it? It does at some points, and it's Ian McKellen. Oh, yes. right, okay. So, yeah, they they do have some Ian McKellen narration. I wonder at some if we'll point. talk about Ian McKellen at all this year. Oh, okay. Yes, I see. Nathan isn't. <laughs> How excited! Nathan's not very <laughs> excited, if you ask me. I feel like it's already pretty obvious. It's time to watch. Shush! Shush! <laughs> okay <laughs> all right so go and uh, go and have a massage and watch ted maybe do both at the same time yeah um, do both at the same time you'll have fun you will yeah uh all right with that thank you very very much for listening uh, and thank you uh to pierce as well for suggesting saltburn like nathan said we were going to watch it anyway um thank you pierce but yeah uh if you have enjoyed the show uh then please feel free to leave us a little five star review it'd be very much appreciated you can do that on your podcast platform of choice especially apple because you can write a little message too that would be appreciated uh next week we are going to be doing this are we saying there's a chance that when we push that button we destroy the world chances are near zero near zero what do you want from theory alone zero would be nice uh, there's a bomb or whatever. There's a bomb and it's free fucking hours. Get down. <laughs> Get down. Oh, wait, it's not going off for another three hours. We're good. Wahoo, it is not Mario. Nathan, do it. What do I have yes, to do? Yes, we it's a thing we do. We're committed now. No, I'm not doing everything. Oh, damn. He's broken the chain. Now I look a fool. Um, we are also on Twitter. You can follow. Wahoo, it's not Mario. Fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. We are at Another Happy Pod. That's where you'll get post reminders for every new episode that go up every single Friday at 10 a.m. Uh, it's also a place where you can suggest topics like this topic was suggested to us. And we also did The Thing a couple of weeks back. Uh, you can suggest topics if you follow the link in our pinned tweet. No promises, especially not really for this year. <laughs> yeah, just don't. By all means, please suggest stuff, mm. but... And hey, if it's already on the list, we'll add you to it and we'll we'll give you a shout yeah. out when it comes. We'll give you but... your fair dues. But also, if they're great suggestions, we may make room, but we also may not. I mean, we've made room before. We have. It's not it's not unknown. Nothing is impossible. Um, but our next free spot is genuinely not until the end of January of next year. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there we go. <laughs> uh, Nathan, we have another podcast as well, don't we? We do, Lawrence. It's called Still Got Legs. It's our Doctor Who rewatch podcast where every week we watch and discuss an episode of Doctor Who uh, from the revival era onwards. We are just about to finish David Tennant's run. Ooh. Lawrence, we have one more episode left. Well, for now, anyway. I'm seeing that thumbnail um, on BBC iPlayer of him regenerating and I'm not ready to say goodbye to my beautiful boy. No, I am. I'm fucking sick of it right now. <laughs> So <laughs> I'm ready to go. Um, so yeah, we're about to start series five in the coming weeks. Here, it's a good time to get on board and join us if you like. Also, um, our YouTube channel will finally be, hopefully, anyway, will finally be up and revamped within uh, the next week or so. Uh, hoping to launch that on. Uh, what day would it be? I think it's the 4th of March that's due to be relaunched. So, hey, if you're 
want to listen to this on YouTube for some fucking reason, <laughs> then, then you can do that there. We've both been working um, tirelessly to get this done for you guys. No, I have been working tirelessly. Um, Much uh, to my got shame. Legs. Still got legs will also be there. And hey, maybe we'll do some other little videos, which we have done in the past, but then we kind of stopped. Yeah, the, so the maybe... effort was very... Was, I mean, that was like the first couple of weeks we ever did the podcast, and it was yeah. like, all of this for six views is not much. <laughs> yeah, but maybe, maybe we'll get back into it. Maybe we'll do some stuff on there. But hey, check out the YouTube channel, uh, Another Happy Studios. So... There you go. There'll be a link in the description, Lawrence. Put it in there now whilst you're editing okay, this. Okay, I'll do it now. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll leave a beat for Lawrence to go and get that done so he doesn't have to Great. pause on the different tab. Great. All right, good job, Lawrence. <laughs> okay. Nathan, press that theme song. We will see everyone next week. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.